What's up, world? Welcome to the Melanin Money Show, the official destination for personal finance, entrepreneurship, and wealth building for melanin millionaires. We will teach you the tools, the tips, the tactics, the hacks, and strategies you need to learn to become financially free so that you can be the wealth starter and legacy lever for your family. And I'm your host, George Action Palm, accompanied by co-host Jacqueline Shattuck and Carter Cofield. If you're ready to begin your journey to become a melanin millionaire, tune in, take notes, and let's go. Uh, this, this episode is a full circle moment. Uh, I think it was back in 2018, I got invited to speak at a school. Um, one, of my, one of my good friends invited me out, and there's another gentleman that came. I had heard of him, hadn't connected with him yet in person, and uh, he came and spoke. I was like, man, this dude is really dope. Uh, so then we connected after that. I ended up speaking on his online platform called The Morning Meetup. So spoil, spoiler alert. Shout out to Morning Meetup. And um, was one of the early, early social proof Episode. uh, episodes, right? So go back and watch that. I still get a lot of DMs about that episode. Mm. And so to now be in his facility at the Podcast King, yeah. getting him on the other side of the microphone, right? Asking him the questions he asked everybody else, uh-huh. right? I'm so honored to be able to have him on our show. Y'all welcome David Shands to the stage. Thank you, thank you, thank you brother. Oh, you got it. All right. All right, so how you feeling, man? Well, it's different on this side. Yeah, yeah. I see. Someone wants to get those out me this time. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. So, happy to be here, man. Hey, man, we appreciate you, bro. Man, so podcasting. Yes, sir. Let's just, let's let's start there. So, what made you decide that podcasting is a thing I'm going to go all in on? Because for those who don't know, right, you uh, have been teaching entrepreneurship for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, Used to work at the Cheesecake Factory, um, and then now you're having one of the top podcasts, right? So tell us a little bit about how, like that journey. How did you get from the Cheesecake Factory to? That's a really, really long story. Like it, it, because it, it's so it's so much. It wasn't like I'm working at the Cheesecake Factory, had this idea, hey, I'm gonna start a podcast, and I start a podcast. <laughs> so I try to run through it as fast as possible. I started a t-shirt brand while I was working at the Cheesecake Factory. Two and a half years of doing the same thing. Say same thing. I had a job and a dream my entire life. And this is the first time I said, I'm going to not do anything else other than this. You stop chasing money. Even if I'm having a slow week in sales, I'm just going to do this one thing. And two and a half years of being consistent, that worked. Opened a kiosk. So uh, when I left the job, I opened a kiosk where I'm selling my own T-shirt brand in the mall. Then I opened a second kiosk, and then I opened a store and closed the second kiosk. But then the mall took the store from me uh, six months later. Then I wrote a book, but I'm glad they took the store because I was able to finish my book. And then I started speaking and teaching. Then I started doing entrepreneurship workshops. And then I started doing conferences. And I was interviewing the people that were going to speak at the conference just to promote the conference. And then I got consistent with the podcast. And here we are. Give me a round of applause. That was good. As fast as I've ever done that 12 year journey. Well, you get a chance to, and it, now, David's going to be modest about this, but every morning, every morning, right? Because I've done, I don't know, how many of them? Yeah. And, I'm, and one when I show up, I'm like, oh, it's not going to be 500 today. Sure. It's like a holiday weekend coming up. Every morning, 500 entrepreneurs show up, are engaged, excited. Let me meet up here. Are we here? <laughs> Yeah, just check in, post check, post heat check. Uh, so, 
So you've had an opportunity to be exposed and connected to entrepreneurs at every level, right? Obviously, the bigger entrepreneurs who come on the show, the up-and-coming entrepreneurs in, in your community. What's been a common thread that you've seen with the failure of entrepreneurs and also the success of some of the best entrepreneurs? Um, really, it's consistency. That's why I wrote real big on that wall. Consistency is the only cheat code. That's it. If you stay in a particular lane, on a particular path long enough, and you're focused on improving in that lane, you will get better, you will grow. So there are people who buy courses from people who are successful, but you're not doing the thing that the person that you bought the course from is doing, which is dominating a lane, or you wouldn't buy a course. You don't buy a course from somebody who does credit and real estate and Toro and <laughs> you don't buy that person's course yeah, yeah, yeah. on one of the things that they chose to do. Yeah. You buy Alex's course because he does trucking and nothing else. Now, he might do some other investing. He might do some other stuff, but he don't tell y'all about it. He does this one thing. Y'all going to like rock with knowing and money because we they talk money. They're not going to drop no course on fixing houses or how to fix a car. <laughs> right. It's this one thing. So your body court say, oh, that doesn't work. Or I get in the program and say, that doesn't work. But these people dedicate all of their life to this one lane for people to respect it. So it's just consistency. That's it. One thing that hits me is, um, so you have a circle of amazing entrepreneur friends, right? And I'll never forget, I was at the Circle of CEO conference and you were interviewing some Circle of CEOs and you got told them that he had just had a six-figure month. Mm-hmm. And they were like, bro, how do you keep the lights on? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I was like, yo, that's a thing, right? And then, you know, let, let alone you have friends that joke about it. How has having an amazing circle of friends changed things for you? Oh, it's everything. I mean, you don't really go to another level until you see another level. If you don't see it, like some people walked in here and they was like, oh, he got a studio. Did anyone think, yo, I should get a studio? Anybody think that? I did. You ever see somebody who has a, uh, they buy a really, really big house. Like a, I was talking to Pushman Mitch and he's like, yo, I got this mansion, and then I just bought another mansion, but I rent them both out, and it shows me the numbers. You know what I said? I need to get a mansion. <laughs> I didn't know that stuff was possible. To make six figures is the big thing in a group of people who, doesn't, who don't make six figures. And then you see somebody who makes seven figures, and you're like, yo, I can do that. Most of us, including myself, never really calculated making six figures in a day. I never even thought about it. But then we get in a room where that's the theme. And we're like, yo, I can make six figures in a day. I should do that. You start mapping it out. But if I never saw it, I wouldn't think to do it. So So you got to get around it. Getting exposed. Yeah. Everything you see, you think to do. Your first time you smoke weed, it was you didn't have no idea by yourself. You know what? I'm gonna wake up, smoke some weed. You didn't call your friends. Hey, anybody know somebody got some? <laughs> right? You were in an environment where it was going down, and somebody said, <laughs> and everybody else looked at you like, "What you gonna do? What you gonna do?" That first drink, you didn't say, "Oh man, alcohol just looks delicious on TV." I'm gonna go to the store and just buy. You were around somebody and said, "You want one?" You're like, "I ain't never had one before," but. That makes so. sense. So, so what got you to your first six figures is not what's going to get you to your first million, right? Or what got you to your one million won't get you to your twenty million. So, what do you see is again a common thread between entrepreneurs as a mistake that they're making 
making that jump from, let's say, six figures to their first million? Well, I do think the thing that got you to six figures will get you to seven figures, but not the same exact thing. It'll be the same thing. You just got to get better at it. Because the thing works. The idea that you have, the dream, the business that you work on, it works. So if that thing got you to six figures, now the way you approach it, the way you market it, the way you brand it, the way you kind of connect with other people, that's not going to get you to, to that next level. But refining the process, steady growth, I think that's what gets you to the next level and the next level and the next level, in my personal opinion. Now, I've just seen it. Like, I'm not, I'm not switching. I'm, I've been doing the same thing for like 10 years. So I started selling t-shirts, but I built a community around the t-shirts. And then I wrote a book and it wasn't about selling a book. I was doing events, bringing people together to talk about the stuff in the book. And I've been doing entrepreneurship workshops. I would rent out bars and lounges and negotiate with them and say, hey, what's your slowest day? Thursday, great. I want to have an entrepreneurship workshop on Thursdays. I'm going to sell tickets. When they come in, you get the money from the food and the drinks and all that kind of stuff. And we recorded. I got the footage. I've been doing this forever. Mm. And we're doing the same exact thing, just more people, higher level, different content, more potent information. Instead of a rent out a lounge, I just got my own now. It's the same thing, though. Going to the next level and you get around, I think that the biggest issue is you'll get around people that are on another level doing another thing and you think you got to do the another thing. And it's not the other thing, it's how they're building the thing that they're building. And you take some things that they're doing and apply it to the thing that you're doing. And that's how you grow. You know, it said you should get a health checkup at least once a year. My question is, when's the last time you had a financial health checkup? My guess, it's probably been a while. And that's why we created the Wealth Health Score. Whether you're financially out of shape or financially elite, the Wealth Health Score is going to tell you exactly where you stand and what things you can do to get into the best financial health possible. So visit MyWealthHealthScore.com to get your score today. You don't change it. That's a really good point. That's, that's actually kind of a good segue into my next question. So on your podcast earlier episodes, um, you would often have great guests who would be doing great things, right? You would say, well... I want to do this. Sometimes maybe you're joking, but sometimes you're like, yeah, I'm trying to do that, oh, right? Sure. So at what, what was that inflection point to where you knew, like, this is going to a level that maybe I couldn't even originally fathom, and I got to, like, block out the distractions that are dressed up as opportunities? Um, I, I definitely needed to stay focused. But anytime I say, y'all want to do the thing that my guest is talking about, I'm still keeping the podcast in mind. You would not... so. I interview CEO Matty J, and he's talking about Turo. Uh-huh. And there's something called an affiliate, right? So if someone buys the course, I'll make some money, which is cool. So we get a couple sales in. And I say, yo, I'm going to get a car. I'm going to get a couple cars and rent them out. Then I interview Mitch. I'm like, yo, I'm going to get a couple cars and rent them out. I didn't think, yo, I'm going to make a whole bunch of money in that particular thing. But if I can tell my audience that I'm doing the thing that they did and I made X amount of dollars, other people buy courses. I made so much money. As soon as I tested the waters in that thing. So, I mean, I do a lot. I do a lot going on. I don't tell (laughs) y'all. But after I get some results, right? After I get some results, then I'll say, oh, well, this person's valid. I do some trading or something with George. Oh. I did it. I did what he saw. I ran his plan. 
you can trust him. And you'll buy whatever he's offering and I'll make some money from it. So I'm still I'm still keeping the pie. It's not like I'm about to hang my hat on the thing the guest is talking about. You know what I mean? These are good questions. I told you some good questions. good questions. These are good. You got one? Yeah, yeah. Um, so if if you had to pick one side, should everybody be an entrepreneur, yes or no, and why? Yeah, I think so. Just see what it's like. Not to make money, but like build something. It's fun. On, on the right. side of their W-2? Or yeah, just on the jump side. Absolutely. I mean, you don't got to jump all in, spend a couple hours a week doing it. But do, so, do something that will supplement your income if it makes you happy. And those people will probably be happier because they're not focused on the money. Like start a, I don't know, start a cooking show and try to put together some products, not for the money, but the fact that you like cooking and you want to do something, you want to try it. It's like building model cars or having any other hobby. Some, I think if you have a job, you should be an entrepreneur as a hobby. If you want to be an entrepreneur, just be an entrepreneur. But I think everybody should be an entrepreneur for like sure, in some aspect. Like so, so creating content is arguably hard for entrepreneurs, people in general. Anybody struggle with creating content? Just me. I'm struggling a little bit. Okay. You put out so much content, Podcast King. So how do you get your inspiration for your content? You know, how do you get motivated to put that much content out? Uh, well, I had a, uh, I have a team now, so I actually put out less content than I used to when I was doing it myself because um, I have a team. But I was putting out the content not to put out content. I didn't think people were using the word content when I was putting out content. It was like, yo, you put out videos. <laughs> you tweet a lot. I like, I'd be having stuff to say. So it wasn't, it wasn't for content's sake, you know what I mean, in the, in the traditional sense that people look at it. But I had a message that I just couldn't stop sharing with the world. Mm, I like that because yeah. a lot of us look at it like it's a chore, right? Yeah. Like we call it creating content. We're like, man, I got to create content today. <laughs> so hard. Yeah, them right? tweets, man, be coming from, I'll be having something to say. Oh, so bad. <laughs> I just want to say it. So Yeah, so that's, that's a really yeah. great segue, actually. Okay, so we have a segment on our show called Tweet Them and Weep. Oh, right? man, that'd be, that'd be spicy. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all be taking it the wrong way sometimes, okay? But, okay. So, so, so we scoured through your Twitter, and we found what we thought was an interesting tweet from okay. the Songs of Shams. Mm -hmm. Entrepreneurs these days are more financially successful than star athletes and entertainers. Mm -hmm. Don't be surprised if your kids hang up posters of us in their room. Songs of Shams. Look, we got a young one right here. He said, that's me. That's me. Absolutely. Go deep on that. Is that how you honestly feel? Like, you know, yeah, I mean, y'all have posters of, like, basketball players and, like, your favorite athletes or, you know, if you're in Michael Jackson, like, the star, the people that you look up to that are doing amazing things, saying, I want to do that. Well, there are some kids that now we make entrepreneurship so cool. Yeah, Allen Iverson made basketball look so cool. I didn't want to be a basketball player before I saw cool people doing it, right? So, like, Jalen Rose and Allen Iverson, all these people came into the league, like, bringing flavor to it. And you're like, I want to do that. I want to be that. But we're doing the same thing. So, hopefully, there's some kids saying, yo, I want to be that. I ain't got a hoop. I don't handle. I was the person. I could play basketball when I was uh, younger. 
but I went harder at it because I saw Allen Iverson making it cool. Remember the one mixtapes? Oh, I just watched that documentary. I just watched it. Remember the AI commercials? Y'all don't... So there's a person named Allen Iverson. So he had his deal with Reebok, and he'd do like, remember the joint he was rolling on the ground and did the crossover on? The next day, what's everybody doing? The same, trying to do that move, right? And he just made it so cool. And I think now we are the people that's putting out this cool content. You see Neil on 500 and all these people that got these cars and he's living, they're living these lives. And hopefully kids are saying, yo, I want to be that. I can do that. And the kid is thinking, yo, I can't hoop like that. I can't run fast. I can't sing. I can't rap. But it's that kid that's in his room that can think. They just seeing stuff. Right. What causes a kid to take a rake around the neighborhood and rake people's lawns? It's just a kid just has an idea. I want to make some money. When all my friends are playing football, I don't know, like in New Jersey, they don't have snow days, where if we're off school, we play football in the snow. I don't know what made me think, yeah, I don't want to play football. I want to get these people out of their driveway so they can go to work and shovel their snow. I don't know what caused that, but I didn't even have any cool examples to say. I didn't have the internet to see it. I'd have, I'd have probably got successful a lot faster. But the only thing I saw was, okay, I want to make some money, I want to be an entrepreneur, but I better hurry up and I better keep working on this basketball thing because that's who I see. So. Fast, that's fast. that's solid. I like that. Let me do one more on my tweet and we real quickly, okay? So I'm my answer shorter. Sorry. <laughs> I have a lot to say. <laughs> so there's there's some lessons in life that we pay for, right? So you tweeted, if you get scammed by someone with 478 followers and extra letters in their name, you deserve to learn that lesson. Songs of shame. <laughs> The fake pages are wild. Some lessons you pay for, right? For sure. You didn't do your research. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't have no deep message for that. Was, <laughs> it was on my heart. So. Fair enough. It's real. It's real. It's real. Speaking of seeing it, right? So, you know, you have these entrepreneurs that, that are killing it on your show, right? Lambo truck, Lambo car. Maybe they got both of them, right? Big houses. And you sometimes you'll joke about the lifestyle marketing, right? So, like, what is your stance on the important? Like, does that play a positive role in the youth being able to connect the dots? Is it necessary? Like, what's your official stance on lifestyle marketing? Um, it's just a part of what your strategy is. You know what I mean? So it's important that I don't do lifestyle marketing because I have to be the bridge between the person I used to be and the person they want to be. And if I become that person... You no longer trust me or you can't identify with me. And I believe that people are looking like, yo, David is going to bring that person. Not that David is that person. So it's important that I don't do that stuff. I mean, for my particular audience, but that's my plan. So lifestyle marketing might work for some people, though, for sure. If, I mean, if you have, you know, $50,000, $60,000 programs, you have to sell to people who will believe that lifestyle. And our people, unfortunately, that's the proof that, yo, you can do these things and you have these things. So it just depends on your market. You know what I mean? And that appeals to some markets. So one thing I always want to ask you is, you got the morning meetup with me every day. Mm -hmm. Every day. Then you got the podcast, which you know you record a couple days a week. You got all these ancillary things going on and you have a family, right? Does it ever become too much for you? 
I tried to tell y'all I want to go home today. And he's like, nah, we got to go home. I'm like, let me go first. I want to go home. And they're like, nah, we can't. We got Bobby. We got something to do. I'm like, dang, I want to go home. Um, yeah, obviously, I think all of us know there is no balance. It's just you got to do what you got to do. And the things you say yes to, you can't cry about. You said yes to them. You're taking on that. You know what I mean? But for, for a long time, my my wife was without her husband because I'm out there going to get it. Because I just knew one day we create some income where I ain't got to go work all the time. So now I don't have to work all the time, but it's um, it's something that I love to do. So it makes me happy. So if I didn't work, and don't take this wrong, if I spent all time with my family, I'd be very unhappy. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to have a personal financial advisor that you could ask questions to to help you navigate, you know, spending decisions, help you, you know, figure out investments that make sense for you to help you achieve financial success. Well, you no longer have to wonder that because we created that inside the Melanin Millionaires Club with our flagship feature, Pocket Advisor. With Pocket Advisor, it's just like it sounds. You have an advisor right in your pocket where you can ask a real expert, real questions in real time to help you navigate your journey towards financial success. So if you want to learn more about that, click the link in the show notes, go to melaninmoney.com forward slash pocket advisor to learn how you can get an advisor in your pocket for less than $2 a day. You know, it's funny you say that because I was talking to my Hold on, I got to finish up because they'll take that clip hey. and then... You won't do you like that. You won't do you like that. That'll be the only thing about my CEO. You'll be unhappy hanging out with us. But yeah, entrepreneurship feeds my soul, man. Just building something, bro. Nah, we wouldn't we, we do you like that. We wouldn't shout I love you. <laughs> Speak, speaking of family, one of the things that I personally respect about you, above all the accolades and success and things you've achieved over the most recent years, is that you do prioritize your value and your belief system um, above everything. Right? I text David on, on, on a Saturday. I ain't going to hear from him until Sunday. You know sure. what I'm saying? Um, that's just, it just It is what it is. So being in this space, obviously different people have different outlooks on life and different value systems. How do you remain neutral on a person's success being something that you that you can respect while while behind the scenes you, they may not necessarily have a belief system that aligns with yours? Like, how do you like navigate that? Right? Okay. Okay. That's other video. Whatever you believe, that's what you believe. I've never even thought about it. You know what I mean? So however someone chooses to live, that's how they choose to live. Mm-hmm. I, I literally never thought about that question, ever. So so this confident David that we see before us, was this always the, the case? Were you always this confident from the beginning? Or was it like a journey of... I can't say that I'm confident. I'm confident in a couple things. So... That okay. mixing board, that audio back there, you would see a very unconfident person. I'm sitting there stressing. Like, oh my God, how, do I, how do I do this? Uh, in certain things, I'm just super unconfident in. But some things I know. So if you're going to ask me about me and my beliefs and my story and you're asking me questions, I'm confident that I can give you an answer, right? Um, if we're talking about podcasting, very confident. If we start talking about taxes, not that confident. <laughs> Right, so it's certain things that I'm confident about, and I don't think. And I actually, my my uh, mentor CJ was telling me one time, he's like, nobody's really a confident person. Like you're confident in all areas of your life, right? I, my first time changing my daughter, not that confident. <laughs> Today, I'm still not. You never know if it's coming 
That's a fact. So yeah, I, 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 I'm, um, I'm just confident in what I'm confident in. The things that I'm not, I don't really try to improve on every area of my life. That's am who I am. So what is, what is your biggest, what, what is one of your biggest challenges right now as an entrepreneur? Because you have a lot of great stuff going on, but like obviously we all, as we achieve more, there are more challenges at every level of entrepreneurship. Yeah. So what's one of your biggest challenges right now? In Hiring and managing my team. Just managing the different people and their desires. Because I talk about entrepreneurship a lot. So I got to create some sort of entrepreneurial outlet or collaboration or something. So literally everyone on my team, I've offered some sort of, we can build this together. Mm. Everybody. And but it's hard because we still got to do the main thing. Right. So, yeah, for sure. So um, I, that, that would probably probably be the most challenging thing. Just um, having tough conversations. Not that good with tough conversations, um, but I'm, I'm working on that. Right. Yeah. Um, there's this famous interview with Magic Johnson. I think um, what's the guy on LeBron's team? Uh, what's his name? Rich. Matt. Matt Carter. Yeah. Matt and, and and Magic was like, when I was here, you know, the conversation was here, but now I'm here. So now that you've evolved, right? You're still bridging the gap between the everyday entrepreneur and the you know the more aspirational entrepreneur. But the people that are maybe around your ecosystem that came up with you or that are connected to you on some level, how do you deal with the fact that you're kind of on a different level now, but the expectation that they have out of the relationship might be the David of 2015, 2016? So, for example, let's say you have someone who was an entrepreneur at the same time you're an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. right? And they were on the come up. You maybe kind of kept running, kept surpassing them. You're like, well, Dave, I got a business, but it's not popping yet. And they want to get on the morning meetup. Or no, excuse me, they want to get on the social proof podcast. I just said no. <laughs> That's it. So it's like, it is what it is. Well, I'll be like, yo, hit up Ernestine. She'll just send her a DM. So she she manages me. I'm like, yo, just hit up Ernestine. Oh, you got a manager? Oh, okay. I just got it last week. That's my dog. No, that's just my sister. We had a relationship. We had a conversation. Like, yo, there's some, some synergy here. We can, like, go build something together. I'm like, all right. Is cool. that easy? But you're a nice guy. I don't, th- I, I, don't, I, I don't think it's that easy. What you mean? You'd like to, to say no to the people who think that the y'all, their relationship with you is one level, but it's maybe not quite what they think it is. Well, I, I'm, I mean, I don't really have that issue because anyone that's like been with, there's only a couple of people that are like been my friends forever and we've been talking forever. Like my best friend, Brandon, he lives down the street from me, my best friend. And He's not necessarily an entrepreneur, but he's still my best friend. So I don't have any expectations out of him. He don't have any expectations out of me. And if they're not, I don't, I don't, people don't even really approach me. If you're not like really building something, they're not even going to ask me to be on the podcast. Gotcha. But if they do, I'm like, oh, no, right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so speaking on the podcast, um, the podcast has been very successful, but you recently brought in a partner, right? Mm-hmm. Now, what was the thought? Shout out to Donnie. Donnie. Just late. Just late, she just got here. Yeah. <laughs> just late. What, what was the thought process that went into that, bringing somebody into something that was already successful, right? What was kind of thought process bringing somebody in? How does that look now? Um, I was really, first thing is I was, uh, I was looking at the analytics and I'm just, I'm obsessed with analytics and finding out where, like where it's missing, what's happening, what is going to cause something to grow. And I was looking at the analytics, and the subscribers were 89% men. Wow. So I said, 
I need a woman. And I, don't, I was like, I don't know why women weren't listening to me. <laughs> That's not as attractive as I thought. You know what I mean? I'm like, You're great. It's, 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 a, it's, it's a lot of masculine energy. You need a little balance in there. So I, was, so I started searching for a co-host. The other part was I did get fearful that I think, I think it was one week where I hit up like two people. And I'm like, yeah, we should do this podcast. They're like, rules. C-19 time, and I don't know. And I was like, dang, what would happen if I don't have any guests? So I said, I think I need to do some episodes with me and a partner just in case we don't have guests, because that we can control. I can control whether, like, we produce an episode or not. So I started looking. I had this one co-host, one young lady. We did a couple episodes, didn't work out. And it's actually still in my pockets. You got to go back far, but it's still on there, and it didn't work out. Chemistry was cool, but we just didn't agree on a couple of things. And then I did an interview with Donnie, and we had an amazing episode. And we've been rocking together for years, so we like I was like, yo, let's let's do it again. And believe it or not, the first like five or six episodes, I'm thinking the information's amazing. The comments though, hated her. Oh my gosh, they was. All, am I right? And Donnie called me like, hey, <laughs> I, listen, all due respect, love you, my brother, you just, but they don't like me, and I don't want to ruin your black <laughs> But I just, I just, I saw something, and we had such synergy, and I'm like, I'm not reading the comments, because I know that we have something that you can't buy, and it'd be hard to find somewhere else. We just got something, because we have a genuine friendship. You know what I mean? We're both, we both understand entrepreneurship and we both feel comfortable roasting each other in public. <laughs> I don't know how comfortable I'll be talking about somebody else like that. You know what I mean? So, but no, that's my dog. And we just, we've been rocking ever since. What's going on guys? George Pong here. And I am the founder of Melanin Money, the number one brand for wealth builders of color. You know, I look at wealth building like a sport. In every sport, you got to have a uniform. And so what is the official uniform for wealth builders of color? That's where Melanin Money comes in. So if you go to melaninmoney.com and use code MELANIN15, you'll get 15% off your order of the entire store. And I think you're going to absolutely love our latest additions, right? It's literally a um, productized emotion of what it feels like to build black wealth, right? But you get to wear it. Um, you get to share the world, like your hard work that you're doing on this journey of building wealth. And we can't wait for you to join Team Black Wealth by shopping melaninmoney.com. I like that. That's solid. That's solid. So there was one instance where I heard you say that you and Donnie had about five months worth of content in the vault of those episodes that you guys had done. What sparked that, um, wanting to create that much content and have it stored away? And do you recommend that people do that for their business? Yeah, I, up maybe like four months, four or five months or whatever. But it wasn't, at that time, we were dropping one a week. So on Monday, I interviewed somebody. The following Monday, me and Donnie do an episode. The following Monday, interview. Following Monday, me and Donnie. So... If we got two, I had like, I don't know, I probably had maybe 10 or 12 interviews that I had done in the vault already, right? So in me and Donnie, we just record every every couple of weeks or whatever. 
but it's not, it's only, it's only four episodes per month. So that's when we moved. We're like, yo, we got to give this to people every week. So now me and Donnie do every single Thursday. So, and, and it's fresh content. You know what I mean? It's only, we record maybe like a few days before it actually releases at the most like a week or so, but nah, we, we, we in there every single week. Dope, dope. Yeah. So you can't be the podcast king without knowing where the podcast space is going. You're very yeah. emphatic about people like people should have a podcast if they have a business. Sure. So from where you sit today, where is where is the the space of podcast going? Where oh my gosh, it's it's everything right now. If you like, just look at what's happening in the world. If this was 2002, and I said, "Hey, what you listening to in your car?" You're automatically going to tell me, oh, Jay-Z, new album. Oh, Nas. You're, you're automatically going to say music, right? But it's not like that anymore. I can't just assume that you listen to music because it's a high possibility that you don't listen to music at all. How many people don't listen to music at all in your car? Like, when you're going somewhere, like, I'm not just listening to the radio anymore, right? We're listening to voices. We we could we could not pack this room out like this in 2002 talking about financial literacy. No one would be there. So like I just see where the ball is going. Like we are super comfortable listening to the voices, and I knew this is like maybe like early, I, I never really really got into like radio music like that. I would always like to listen to the breaks. That was like the most entertaining part for me. Like, I want to hear Greg Street talk to whoever he's talking about. I want to hear the interviews, right? So uh, we just we just see where it's going. Influential people, you got to have some receipts. You can't just be talented at basketball or acting for people to follow you anymore. Like, you have to have something intelligent to say. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're here. Look at this. Right. Yeah. And, and kind of side note, for the last, like, hundred something years, most of advertising money went into radio. Most of the money from advertising went into radio. That's changing. It's, they spent over a billion dollars. It was like over a billion dollars that went into advertising in 2021. It's more and more every single year. Look at what happened. Spot, look, if you go like to download the Spotify app, Spotify does what? Music, right? But if you look at the app, it says music and podcasting app. They gave Joe Rogan $100 million. They gave uh, Alice Cooper $60 million for a podcast. Like, we see where it's happening. We see what's going on right now. The Breakfast Club, it's a radio show, right? No, it's a podcast. Look on the podcast charts. They chart on the podcast. So they take the audio from the radio, then they upload it to the podcast. Like you'd have to like just blatantly ignore podcasting for you to not to see what's happening. Everybody got something to say. That's a fact. How many different revenue streams does the Food Podcast currently have? It's a lot, man. <laughs> I didn't say how much money y'all make. I said how many revenue streams. Would you say on that real 128 or something like that? It's. I mean, every episode makes money pretty much every day. Sheesh. Some some maybe a penny, some maybe two cents, some maybe a dollar. Some 30, 50. So I, I, there's a lot. So that, we do affiliates. Um, me and Donnie have an affiliate right now where we got a, like a, an account with six figures in it that we're trying to figure out what to do with. 
We're just trying, am I lying? We're trying to figure out what to do with it. Multiple six figures? Just sitting there. We're trying to figure it out. Crazy, right? We just be thinking, right. you got this money. Right. Money. <laughs> like, what should we do with this money right here? And uh, yeah, there's, I mean, there's so, there's so many you'd have to like really buy my course. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. You got get an affiliate. We'll put it in the link. There you go. There you go. I got y'all. I got y'all. No, there's, there's a lot, though. I mean, affiliates, advertisers, um, YouTube, audio ads. Stuff. So, 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 obviously, you go deep on this stuff in the, the programs of, in the ebook that you have and all that kind of stuff. But if someone has a podcast and they, they've had a podcast, you're like, man, I'm just trying to make money from this thing. Like, what's because you've seen a lot of podcasts, like, what's something that you think someone could do immediately to have an impact on like their podcast making money? Nothing. Assuming the content's good. Nothing, 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 nothing. They're not going to start a podcast and make money. Assuming you they already have it. Assuming they, assuming they pass you got to build an audience. Okay. You're not making money because you don't have an audience. If you have a podcast, you have to focus on building an audience. They're like, well, I need advertisers for my podcast. Who's going to advertise in front of 20 people? Nobody. Build your audience. We drop an audio. Like, if you are, are you if you're downloading, if you have access to our podcast, you can see something hit your phone every day. Every day. YouTube. Every day. We're building an audience. Monday, I interview somebody. Thursday, me and Donnie do an episode. Friday, I do five-minute Fridays where it's just me giving some game for five minutes. Saturday, we do Q&A. Sunday, we give a clip from the morning meetup, and it recycles every single week. I am taking care of an audience every day. So if you're not, you you can't build a podcast off just a podcast. Once you, You can if you have the right backing, but one episode a week is not going to work. You have to build an audience. Unless you're some sort of celebrity, you already have a built-in following or you just understand marketing. But even if you understand marketing, the show has to be good. Okay, how much money you put behind or how much backing you put behind a terrible show? It's not going to grow. I know some celebrities that can't get their show off the ground because they have nothing to say and nobody wants to hear you. Talk about it. So you got to build an audience and to build an audience, you got to get good at it. We make no money for like 70 episodes. Nothing. I started in 2018. I started my YouTube channel in 2010. Mm. You got to build an audience. If you don't want to build an audience, don't start a podcast. Don't think that your voice is that special. Because as, as a podcast, you have to actually go to the podcast app, type in that name, find the person, click it, and then follow. That's a process. Just because you're gifted, it don't work like that. Now, if you can put it on YouTube and some people can stumble on the content and maybe maybe it spreads, but you have to be good at it and you have to build an audience. And then you can make some money. Now, you can run, I suggest having a business and use the podcast as a marketing arm for your business. That's how you can make some money immediately. Right. Or if you are going to have a podcast, you got to promote the crap out of it to like an audience nonstop where people get annoyed with you and they remember it and they start sharing it. And then when they get there, they're not disappointed. They love it. And then you can sell some some products on your own ad from on your own podcast and they'll buy that. But there's a lot of strategies. But just because you're like, you'll just start and just make money. Get good at something. So get good at something. That's, That's solid. Part. So. 
you got good at affiliate marketing or digital marketing by the help of a guy named Nehemiah Davis. Yeah. Okay. So we got a subtle plug here. We Can he sponsor this? Yeah. Yeah. They ran a testimony. I said, Neo, you something else. Uh, but yes. Uh, well, I, didn't, I never got good at affiliate marketing. Okay. I got good at interviewing people. And if you like the person on the show, there's an affiliate link. We'll make some money. I ne- I'm not good at affiliate marketing. I'm good at interviewing people. That's it. But I spent years interviewing people. And not even before podcasting. Like if, you, if we sit, if we're together long enough, we're going to have a conversation and you're going to talk more than I do. Every time. Unless you're asking me a question, but if we're just in a spot and we're just getting to know each other, you're going to talk more to me because I'm going to interview you. Not because there's cameras or microphones anywhere. I just am genuinely interested in people. And I just, in doing that, I figured how to get the most out of it. And I'm looking at like facial expressions and when you say something and something triggers, you can see it. Whoa, what happened? I asked you about something. He's like, oh, uh, what happened? What's wrong? Tell me. What happened? Tell me, go, go further. Right? I just have a, a curiosity, so I just I just do it all day. I, I got two questions on that. Do you have any book recommendations? Again, I tell you this all the time. You're one of the best interviewers. You are the best interviewer I know. Thanks, man. Right? Give me a round of applause. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are pretty good, though. You guys are pretty good. I'm not going to you. One of the, the plays that, so on your podcast, we interviewed Neo. One of the plays he gave made me $48,000 in six months. Yeah. He never gave that a play away. But you got it out of them, right? Mm-hmm. What books do you read? Or how do you like? How do you become a good interviewer? If somebody in the, in the crowd wants to start a podcast and want to interview as good as you, like, when do they start? Is this genuine interest in other people, or um, uh, one really, really good book is How to Win Friends and Influence People. Mm-hmm. And I kind of learned how to stop talking so much when I'm in front of people, so to, like to listen. And people love talking about themselves. If I wasn't interested in hearing people talk about themselves, and they're, they're, you'll, I'm telling you, you'll see this podcast space where the, the host asks the guest a question. The guest answers it, but the host has to piggyback on everything the guest has to say. Like, why am I here then? Like, you got to expound on everything I say? Right? So half the conversation the host is talking, half the conversation the guest is talking, it doesn't leave room for someone to talk, 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 and let out something they wouldn't normally say. I'm just giving you space to talk because very few people have space to talk. Think about this. Just think about it. When's the last time? So I interview, and I said this in my podcast boot camp, that I interview people all the time. Hour, hour and a half interview. Question for you. Anybody have a podcast right now? You have a podcast? How long are your episodes? About 30, 40 minutes? You married? Yeah. This guy married. Good. Congratulations. Congratulations. When is the last time you sat down and interviewed your wife for 30 to 45 minutes? I'm talking about you're sitting there genuinely asking questions specifically to find out more about her. Interview, not a conversation. You probably talk all the time. I'm saying I'm genuinely interested in everything about you for the next 30 to 45 minutes. Don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> the answer, 
the answer is almost never outside of like that first date. And then the interview gets shorter second date. And then it's just conversation by third date. So I like I'm telling my, my audience, I'm like, dang, I'm probably going to have to give my wife the same respect that I give all these other people and get to know her for an hour. Yo, you will be surprised how much you find out about the person that you've been married to for 20 years if you sat down for 30 minutes, interview. How's your day going? Well, how did that make you feel? Well, tell me more. Well, go a little deeper in that because I want to understand. Well, where do you think that comes from? You'll find out so much, right? And I keep saying it, I haven't done it yet. So, <laughs> uh, all right, a little loud on the laughter. A little loud, a little loud. You just, you just made up for that comedy you made. Well, but I, but I, I am going to do it. I'm going to do it. Just genuine curiosity. And, and people never get it. Ever. You don't get it. Nobody sits there interested in you for, I'm talking about interesting you. You might have some students that, Say, hey, can you tell me the answer to this question? And I need to know this. You're coaching. Cool. But I'm talking about getting to know you and how you think and what you do with your time and what you do with your money. Nobody gets that. That's why if you just listen long enough and you let people talk, they'll give you more and more and more and more because they don't ever want this to end. When I interviewed Grant Cardone, he said, yo, you got 30 minutes. And then I'm... I'm very respectful of the time. So when I, I see it, it's coming up on that time. I was like, I know we got to go. He's like, no, nah, let's kick it. What we got? What we doing? <laughs> so you don't get that. So. Fair. And as, as, we, and as we wrap up here, uh, you know, again, going. Don, take, come on. Nobody ever. Uh, Nobody uh, <laughs> 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 interested in me, man. Y'all want more? Yeah. We go back to the Cheesecake Factory and the vision of just making 273 a day, right? Which once that click 213. 213. Oh, I thought you were talking about an hour. Goodness gracious, I got triggered. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 213 an hour as a server. I said, whoa, two, okay, 100,000. I got you. Yeah. Uh -huh. And to now to see where, you, where you've evolved, right? What does it mean to you to be a melanin millionaire? Because at one point in time, like you could, you, you might have not even been able to see what you've evolved to. So, what does that mean to you now, kind of reflecting back on that journey? Uh, just being an example, man. I just try my best to uh, continue to remember where I was and how I thought and how I felt and all the things that I was going through, that all the mental blocks that I had to just try to pour into other people, man. So. Like most of my, 98% of my interviews about someone successful, like George is really successful. I'm going to establish how successful he is up front in the interview. And then I'll go back to, okay, so George, tell me about like when you had your first job. Because I want my audience to relate to George and say, yo, he was where I am. So my goal is to just continue to um, not be out of reach. You know what I mean? Like, not be out of reach. And um, just remember where I was. You know what I mean? Not to get so arrogant. And You know what I mean? So if, if I have some time and you, and you meet me somewhere and I'm there, you can ask me as many questions as you want. I don't mind. Because I'm there. 
Now, if you if I have to schedule a time with you, it's a different conversation. But if we're in line at the grocery store and you got a, a million questions, ask them. I don't want to be the person, ah, not right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, because I just remember sometimes you just needed one piece of information. So I, I just want to make sure that um, I provide social proof, meaning I go build something and bring it back to my community. Yeah. There you have it. Ladies and gentlemen, David Shands, round of applause. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Melanin Money Show. If you like this episode, please do us a huge favor. Leave us a five-star review. And if you're not already, subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend because we're providing this valuable game so that you can level up as an aspiring melanin millionaire. Again, thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next week.